This is the Nutrition Story, a podcast by Vitamin Angels, a global organization working in the field of public health. At Vitamin Angels, we believe nothing should stand between a mother and a dream for her child's healthy future. Through this podcast, we bring you conversations with our partners and people who help us make this dream come true. In our first episode, we catch up with Sunish Jhori, president of Vitamin Angels in India, to understand the extent of the problem of malnutrition and the role all of you can play. Sunish, thank you very much for speaking to us on the nutrition story. Thank you, Shivraj. Thanks for having me here. So, Sunish, let's just cut to the chase. Just how big is the problem of malnutrition now? Well, Shivraj, the problem is very big. And in a country like India, which is highly populated, the numbers are huge. And it's not a new problem. Undernutrition has been there for four or five decades. The problem of mortality of infants and mothers has been there for a very long time. To give you a sense, you still have one in three children severely stunted, which is basically low height for age. And nearly one in five children severely wasted, which is low weight for height. In simple words, third of Indian children under five are undernourished and lower in weight. India carries the burden of about a third of undernourished children in the world. I would also touch upon not only the bigness of the problem, I think we also need to focus on the complexity of the problem. India, unlike many countries, suffers from the dichotomy of problems. On one hand, you have a very large segment of Indian population undernourished. On the other hand, given the growing middle class in India and growing riches in India, the problem of obesity is also rising. So malnutrition as a problem covers both undernutrition as well as overnutrition, which is oversupply of calories, which results in obesity. And whatever you, government, me, and civil society could do, end of the day, it's the household that eats and makes a decision for their family's nutrition. And hence, you can only do so much, but end of the day, there should be nutrition-seeking behavior by individuals. And that makes it further complex. Mm. So what has been the impact from your perspective of COVID-19 on India's nutrition story? Let me pick up from the point of complexity. So one of the major arguments that I have seen in this sector is, well, uh, as long as there is food on the table and people are eating, there should not be any need for, for example, supplementation, or you should not even see the problem of undernutrition surfacing. But what COVID did and any disaster like COVID does is it just takes the inaccessibility of food to a different level. You might have come across the report by Azim Primji Foundation, which said during the COVID period, about 230 million people were pushed back into poverty, which meant that in simple words, they could not afford the food that they needed or their family needed. So the accessibility reduced, the affordability of food reduced. But at the same time, other reports say that about 6 million children could not get routine immunization itself, which meant necessary supplementation of vitamin A, necessary deworming, which happens every six months, 
did not happen during those lockdown periods. And that really made it worse. The effect of COVID and the impact that households saw is going to linger for a long time because you're talking about zero to five years of age and missing essential micronutrients in that age, missing immunization. The impact of that will go on for a long time. And so given the complexity and the setbacks we face due to the pandemic, it clearly isn't a problem that can be addressed by just one entity organization, right? What will it take, Sunish, for everyone to come together to look at solutions? You know, if we just break open the problem of undernutrition, it's clearly a scenario where the problem has gotten out of hand. And uh, when the problem goes out of hand, the solutions also need to go out of hand of a few people. It'll be unfair to just say that the state's responsibility or the responsibility of the civil society to overcome the problem of undernutrition. I think everyone needs to engage in solving this problem. Our country is very diverse. Diversity of climate, uh, climatic regions, diversity of soil, diversity of availability of food, the kind of food that's available. And then, of course, layer it with diverse communities and the nature of occupation makes it a little more complex. It makes sense for the organizations and institutions, governments to come together because the goal seems to be the same. Mm. The goal is to overcome undernutrition. So it, it does make sense in, in a very logical way to come together and look for solutions where there is a unified approach, unified access. Before it reaches the household, so that is one reason why I see sense in collaboration. The other reason is just the magnitude of the problem itself. So I think to answer your question, <clears throat> there needs to be many hands and many approaches must come together to, to take care of a household. And that requires deep collaboration. So what I'm hearing is really it's about deep collaboration and a unified approach. So Given that situation, given that acknowledgement, Sunish, what is the work being done so far and has there been new thinking? There are a bunch of government initiatives and schemes that fairly cover the length and breadth of vulnerability in the population. So, for instance, the Integrated Child Development Scheme, the ICDS as popularly known as, has been a, a nearly 30-year-old scheme that has been going well providing essential food it's for every citizen now, focusing on preschool education, midday meals, you know, likes of unnecessary immunization, things like that. Uh, more recently, the number of schemes that have come through, including the Matra Vandana Yojana, which was basically a centrally sponsored scheme and provides cash incentives to pregnant women and lactating women. And that's been very, very impactful. The National Nutrition Mission, and you would have heard of Potion, Mission Potion 2.0, which has sort of reprioritized Potion to a different level altogether. There is a huge recognition of high levels of anemia in India, and hence uh, Anemia Mukt Bharat Abhiyan, which was launched as a, as a campaign and a movement across India, is there. And all of these schemes together, as I said, cover diverse vulnerabilities that exist as a reason for undernutrition levels. So there's a fair bit of work by the government, but as I said, there is scope and room for 
increasing coverage and that's also being done for example in the last nfhs the national family health survey it was clearly marked that uh, there's been an increase in reach and number of activities by the government towards households in hard to reach communities and it also signified that the levels of stunting wasting have while well, they've gone up there is some marked improvement in some states so it shows that the increase in activities and these schemes is taking us somewhere and as vitamin angels how are you coming together to address the issue so our work at vitamin angels has been in very specific areas of interventions we work in the area of evidence based interventions which means that there should be proven evidence and accepted approach across the world who guides evidence based approaches in any country and we work in some of those areas we reach across the length and breadth of the country with vitamin a supplementation and we essentially work with the governments to understand where they're facing problems where there is a gap and how vitamin angels could help them fill that gap not only fill that gap by providing the supplementation product itself but also help them sustain themselves so work with their supply chains warehouses build their capacity in the last mile train the workers because sometimes something as essential as vitamin a is something that health workers do not know much about and we still seeing such gaps in capacities so we work work in that area but our model is slightly different so we implement work through a large number of program partners a program partner could be a non-profit organization it could be a state government department national health mission for instance uh, or it could be a faith based charity or a school anyone who is in touch with a household which has an under 5 child or a new mother or to be mother and uh, as long as they have that accessibility to that household we work with them and that's very important given the diversity that i talked about so vitamin angels does not claim that we you know all the diversities across india and nuances that are there in kerala and gujarat and uh, damandiu and ladakh we would rather rely on a partner which comes from the community or has a deep connect with the community so that the reception or the uptake of our intervention is high so we work at any point in time with a thousand plus program partners on ground and also say that our approach is also because we are deeply collaborative and work with large number of partners we're also looking at what could we do more hmm. in areas of maternal and young child nutrition for example could we work on the areas of social behavior change communication could we look at how awareness is raised and what kind of material is there and could we help help with some new approaches like design thinking or human thinking approaches human centered design where uh, the information the way it is received by a household could be better so we are exploring those areas as well and yeah we are hoping that we at any point in time we are able to reach more households grow our impact and are able to reduce the extent of stunting wasting anemia and the problem of underweight we essentially work in partnership with the state governments at the district level the block level 
and to identify what gaps they have, how can we be an ally in their mission, in their goals and, and reach every household that's, that's in their region. And we provide that support by bringing in both non-profit partners as well as Vitamin Angel's own capacity. The other is also we believe in building public goods. So platforms that could possibly create a room for different stakeholders to come together and look at undernutrition as an area of focus. I'll give you an example. We believe that there are a number of evidence-based interventions that exist in India and that continue to grow. We also participate in that. But we also believe that given the huge diversity and sometimes one size doesn't fit all, there needs to be room and place for new innovations to come in. And we've seen that in different sectors. Similarly, we want to create a platform where innovators, young innovators, technocrats, even innovators in the government could come to a space and find necessary support to air their ideas, find mentors and experts. At the same time, plug into those last mile agencies, whether it's government or nonprofit partners or communities, to pilot their solutions or scale them if they are already piloted. And we're naming that platform as Potion Innovation Platform. We do not see this platform as a vitamin angel's property. We are only the initial co-convener of the platform with UNICEF. But we see in future that this platform is a public good which lives, breathes, sustains as a useful space way beyond us. And are these diverse program partners your only stakeholders or do you also work with others? Yes, we work with other organizations who work in the area of undernutrition. We do recognize that there are other civil society organizations or governments who have the same intent and goal, as I said, and we see our business to basically get in touch with them, find a common point, sweet spot, and join hands with them. So what you're really indicating is that the work of malnutrition goes beyond just the sector. Is that correct? Oh, definitely so. Both upstream and downstream. So pretty much like in any other sector, there is high level of intersectionality, which means that nutrition is not just about food intake. It's also about the decisions people make, the income coming into the household, the issue of gender and gender parity, the boy and girl are fed alike or not, or receive the same priority, for instance, when they are nourished at the household level. Who plays the role of making decisions as to what needs to be eaten. And that is a function of gender, that is a function of sometimes caste and communities, religion, and so on and so forth. So there is a deep level of intersectionality on how decisions are made at the household level. And that's not just nutrition itself, right? On the other hand, if you look at downstream, what nutrition results in, for instance, is a fully built human being. For example, I often connect with the levels of cognition because today there is a huge burden on young people that they need to have high levels of problem-solving ability, empathy, leadership. These are the skills of future. But all of these skills are a function of cognition. And cognition is a function of how effectively your brain is built in the first five years. 
which means that the future of livelihood the future of jobs the future of micro entrepreneurship the future of how people will fend for themselves raise money for their family is directly connected with the levels of nutrition mm-hmm. so you're talking about that level of impact of this sector and i i know there's a lo- lot of conversation around employment and if we do not fix the level of nutrition today with under 5 children you're going to see this problem of employment and skills 20 years from now so given the intersectionality you spoke about and the long term impact of not addressing the issues that you brought up during our conversation what is your message to listeners of this podcast everyone needs to participate in this change you're talking about fellow citizens a very large part of our population undernourished so if you see from a 30000 feet level it's in the interest of everyone whether you are a civil society organization or government or a corporate or just an individual sole proprietor or a senior vice president in an organization it's everyone's interest to participate in this change now let me break this open so for example we talked about covid and if you i don't know if you had the experience of visiting some pharmacies after covid pharmacies in cities in india are flooded with at least the front shelf is flooded with lots of immunity building products vitamin c products vitamin d products but what's common across the board is most of these products are affordable only for middle class and above mm. now covid wasn't a lifestyle disease it it didn't spare anyone mm. it was across classes which means that there's a level of inequity in the way products are available for example there isn't currently a vitamin c immunity building product for low income communities that they can just go and buy i make this point because there is a certain responsibility we see among the corporates among those who provide these products and services to build these products and services at different price points to make the market equitable and there cannot be nutrition equity without market equity so coming back to your question everyone has something in it for them to do make sure that essential products and services to build the level of nutrition reach the last mile to everyone i'll also bring back my point of collaboration one corporation may may think that they do not know the nuances or the insights about how for instance a community in a village consumes while on the other hand you will find a number of civil society organizations who have worked with that community for many many years mm-hmm. know their behavior their tastes their uptake very very well so there is that point of convening and convergence where the two can come together and create something meaningful for that community one brings the insight the other brings the capability of raising investments building products and services so i see a huge room of collaboration there and at the center of this podcast really is about creating that convening and that convergence sunish it was really great catching up with you on the nutrition story podcast thank you shivas thanks very much you were listening to a conversation with sunish jory president of vitamin angels in india on the nutrition story podcast we would love to also hear from you 
write to us at contact India at vitaminangels.org. We want to focus on how you too can join the fight against malnutrition and be a leader of change.